1: This is
2: Make it M.I.P. with Marcelo, Marcelo.
0: Mark Thompson. Make it Get Woke.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, from my point of view and in the point of view of many others, I believe, there's been no more effective online organizing than the online organizing that Color Change has been doing for the relatively few years that it's been in existence. It has made quite a difference and a difference on behalf of our people, on behalf of African-Americans and other people of color as well. So what happens now? We have a president uh, who says black people have always had his black back. He's going to have ours. Is that the case? How do we make sure? Do we just take that for granted or do we keep on pushing on? We're going to find out about that and get our direction and our marching orders from the vice president of color of and also the chair of campaigns at Color of Change, the director of campaign programs. Not the first time with us. We're happy to have her back. Our dear, dear queen sister, Arisha Hatch. Arisha, how are you? Happy 2021.
1: Thank you. So good to be here.
2: And it's a pleasure to have you. Always good uh, to see you uh, as well. So we've got we're looking at this first hundred days. Um, is color of change going to be polite and just wait and see or we going to push a little bit? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we're We're definitely gonna push a little bit. I don't know about polite, you know, I think one of the things that we've been talking about a lot internally is how we move from this opposition resistance energy that we have all been in for the last four years. um it's been exhausting to our staff. it's been exhausting to our members um uh and we're we're moving into a new phase where. Uh, we're going to be hopefully doing more co-governance work um, and what that means. Um, we felt we've had that same experience. You know, we've helped to elect district attorneys across the country who are hoping that will help to reimagine the local criminal justice system. And um, we know it takes a little bit of time to change some things. You know, we know there's a little bit of patience. Um We're not expecting the problems that black people face are big enough that no executive order can get them out of get us out of them. Uh And so what we're hoping for are systemic changes that address the root causes of the problems that our families face.
2: I like that term co-governance, but let's be sure everybody knows what that means.
1: It means that we expect to have a voice. We expect to be at the table. We know that we're starting from um, a different uh, perspective than we started at with Donald Trump, we knew after Donald Trump was elected in 2016 that we wouldn't ask him for anything, uh, that we wouldn't expect anything from him, that he didn't share our values. We're starting from a different base um, now with Biden. While he is not the perfect candidate um, uh, or the most progressive or the most conscious or woke from a racial justice standpoint, we know we're in a we're we're we know we're in a better organizing position, um, and so we have to be able to develop relationships. We have to be able to push. We have to be able to celebrate when things go well. Um, we have to be able to, you know, do all of those things together towards the longer term goal of making sure that our people, that our families actually feel change. We deserve Black people elected this administration. We even gave them a majority in the Senate. Um, and we deserve to have um, promises kept to have our issues actually dealt with and moved on in this administration.
2: Yeah, but now we've also, in this administration, we're looking at uh, what has been called the most diverse cabinet. We have the first black woman in the vice presidency. So as I'm sure you recall, when Barack Obama was president, we couldn't criticize, that was inappropriate to do, to criticize first black president. We had the first black woman vice president. We have this diverse cabinet. Do we treat it the same way? I think we all look back at the Obama years and say, well, maybe we should say a little something. You know, we're not supposed to just be presidential cheerleaders. We're we're supposed to hold all presidents accountable. Uh, So we've got to. Would you agree we've got to. Or am I wrong? Do we need we need to approach this a little bit differently?
1: Absolutely. We experienced this. When we were organizing, sending emails to Color of Change members, um, pushing the Obama administration, and we get a lot of comments from folks like, hey, he's got a lot going on. This is a really hard job. He's the first one in his role, you know, first black man to do this. Give him a break. We What we haven't experienced, we don't believe that Color of Change members are going to give the Biden-Harris administration as much leeway. Um, at, at, as they gave the Obama administration, there's a different level of celebrity. And frankly, the racial justice conversation has shifted. Electing a black president was like a big deal eight years ago. Um, you know, we're, we're in a much deeper, 12 years ago, we're in a much deeper conversation today about, um, what it means to be progressive, what it means, you know, what our racial justice values are, um, what types of changes we want to see. Um, and so I think, uh, while, uh, folks will give this administration some time to wrap their hands, um, around this pandemic that has ravaged Black communities, they deserve the time to sort of fix that. Um, I don't think we're in a, uh, a, a no criticism space.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about, um, some of the priorities, especially, um, in this first 100 days. One of them, um, has to do with with economic um, relief for working families, correct?
1: Absolutely. Um, when we talk to our members, they want to see a competent response to the pandemic. They also want to see um, relief and more progressive policies. Uh, black business, small black businesses have suffered. Uh, black women in particular are um, facing very high levels of unemployment. Uh, we are worried about providing for our families and there needs to be uh, deep shifts in our economic policy um, under this administration.
2: Other countries around the world are taking care of their citizens in the midst of this pandemic. The United States hasn't done well at that. I mean, I mean, a, a real demand would be, you know, more meaningful stimulus for individuals and families, right?
1: More meaningful stimulus. If we were even, you know, to push farther uh, progressive, a universal basic income would seem timely um, and necessary. Uh, But, you know, there needs to be some quick, immediate relief. And then we need to think long-term about uh, what is a fair economic policy uh, that also addresses... Uh, the disparities that black people have faced, uh, for generations.
2: Yeah, yeah, um, and, and continue, uh, to fa to face okay. another high list on the high list of priorities substantive policies and implementation around police oversight and reform, correct?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. We need the, um, Harris, the Biden and Harris administration to, um, wield all of the power that they have at the federal level in order to improve um, the situation that we're facing. I know they made some announcements just a few minutes ago um, on private prisons, sort of restoring us to Obama era sort of status. Um, but we need them to use every tool available to them uh, to deal with this problem of over-policing and over-incarceration that for Black people, for the most part, is happening at the state level.
2: And, and to the extent that police are kind of governed in state and local jurisdictions, any idea about what uh, leverage a, a Biden-Harris administration will actually have at the federal level, Arisha? Specifically, do we know what they can apply to the state and local level?
1: Sure. Um, currently the federal government is providing money and military equipment, um, to state and local governments. Um, one, you know, we don't believe that they should be doing that. We believe that there are other places that they can allocate their resources. But two, they could make, um, um, they could strengthen the level of transparency that local police departments have to have in order to receive those funds. We still don't have a, a national database on police killings. We still don't have a whole, all sorts of things that would give us more information and more data, um, around, you know, how our communities aren't being made more safe uh, by the current status of policing. Um, and so, yeah, there are a number of things, uh, that can be done, uh, if, uh, the Biden-Harris administration is willing to take seriously, uh, their pledge to actually work with black communities to make our, uh, make our home safer.
2: Where is color change these days on the defund argument and, and the rhetoric of, of defund the police?
1: I think that we believe uh, while we don't use the term defund a whole bunch, we believe that it's an entirely appropriate conversation uh, to talk about budget allocation. We believe that it's entirely an entirely appropriate conversation to think about what we are investing in, um, not just what we are divesting from. And what we know, what the science says, that investing in communities, investing in small Black businesses, investing in local health care and local education, all of these things are better investments um, than more police officers if our goal is to make Black communities safer and healthier. Um, and so we think that it's a conversation that local communities across the country, local taxpayers uh, should be involved in. Where is the money being spent? And is that actually working towards the outcomes that we want to see? You,
2: you, you say you don't use the term defund.
1: No, we, we, we're, we're talking about investment and things that, uh, uh, investment, reallocation of budgets. We have, we, we have noticed even amongst our members, uh, that that term has become so polarized that it's almost meaningless. Um, and we're about sort of meeting people where they are and having a real discussion, not getting caught up, um, um, in unnecessary discussions.
2: Um, tell us a bit more about that, about, about members. So, so are we finding that people feel as if the terminology was improperly used to cause division, even in the election? I know some Democrats think that. And let's face it, you all have a diverse group of members. Um, is that kind of the feedback you're getting from members?
1: I think the feedback that we've gotten is that it's become polarized through its use throughout the time period. Um, we saw much higher spikes of people on our members as we were surveying them in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, um, and many of the, the protests this summer, um, that were much more in favor of, uh, defund, defund the police. We've seen that right wing machine come in, um, and redefine, um, what that means. Um, uh, you know, and so folks, uh, uh, if I were to ask my average color of change member, they know that there's something wrong with policing. They know that there's too much money being invested in policing. They know that there is a better way. Um, you know, there, uh, um, for my abolitionist friends, there is more work to do to convince people, uh, 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 or allow people to imagine a future without uh, police entirely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, very, very, uh, important. Also, um, um, you all have been dealing with big tech. Um, you want this Biden administration to, to deal with big tech too. And to be clear, does that include the social media behemoths and their enabling of, um, the near, uh, lynching <laughs> at the Capitol on January 6th? We talk about big tech. We talk about all of that. Right. Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, You know, we at Color of Change in a lot of work specifically with social media companies like Twitter and Facebook um, around our concerns uh, about how content is policed on their platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, Many times uh, uh, putting black activists and and, and organizers punishing them while allowing um, white supremacy and white nationalism and conspiracy theories uh, to flourish um on their networks. We've now all seen, you know, we all have seen the outcomes of social media companies completely unregulated policing themselves. It has, disinformation has led to a literal coup. Um It has led to a state where, I don't know, last time I saw it, only 20% of Trump voters actually believed uh, the results of this last election. Um And so there's a huge problem the tech companies haven't been able to deal with it themselves, although they took some active measures towards the end to try to push back. But it's a it's a huge issue and and remains a huge divide in our country.
2: Indeed, it does. And I, I, I wonder too. You know, I was thinking about Rashad this morning. I might need two y'all to talk me down from this. These companies, especially the social media giants, Arisha, get a lot of their support and activity and participation and consumers from Mm African-Americans. And yet at the same time, they promote the racism. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, all of them depend on African-American consumers uh, disproportionately. Yet we aren't getting a piece of the pie. You know, even this new thing, Clubhouse, we all just talking, 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 talking. Mm-hmm. and that's our those are our voices our intellectual property our creative spirit and somebody else making money off of it help me am, am i am, am i out of order in, in saying that or i mean, I mean it, to me, that's a big tech problem too
1: it, it, it entirely that's entirely right you know sometimes that comes out in conversations around diversity within these companies diversity of board members diversity of the sweet C suit suite levels but no um many of these companies have built themselves on the backs of Black people, Black users, Black content creators. Um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, Black Twitter made Twitter cool. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, we don't profit for that. And they are actively doing things um, that make it harder for us to live our lives, uh, that are increasing um, racial animus, uh, that are deepening polarization um, um, you know the, the algorithms have have hurt us have yeah. hurt black communities in real ways
2: so so this this big tech thing is an issue now you all heard Arisha say I'm right and she agrees with me so she's enabled me now y'all folk invite me on clubhouse and they get mad at me because I said it out loud and they say, you can't say that Mark do are going to kick us off clubhouse I said what well, they do they just prove my point all right so <laughs> you know We've got to deal to deal with that, and at some point, Lord have mercy, uh, develop our own social media that we own and control, that our people can gather and and do that. And to some extent, in in some way, the color of change community is somewhat of its own social medium, folks, and that's why we want you to get involved. Now, now, you've been using since we've been talking. If I've heard you correctly, you've been using the term members. Is that how you refer? So, how does one become a member? of Color of Change?
1: Sure. There's easier ways to be members. So currently, when we talk about members, it's someone that's recently taken an action on on a Color of Change petition. Um, We also have members that donate to us on a monthly basis. We have members that are leaders of local neighborhood teams and squads. Um, But the easiest way to begin participating and to sort of get into that vehicle is to sign a petition or go to our website at colorofchange.org and give us your email address um, or cell phone number. Um, and, and at that point, we'll begin to, like, give you actions, whether they're local or national, that you can take um, and lend your voice to uh, towards change for black people.
2: And that's what we that's exactly what we need, folks. We invite you to go to color of social media alone and, and just being active on it is not movement. But color of change is real movement in um, um, the cybersphere, so to speak. And they've been able to make change. You know, things are different now. If if. If Dr. King had had a color of change, if there the Internet existed back then, um, but we're able to do things effectively. And what color of change has been able to do is even scientifically measurable. The successes, not just folk just running their mouths on social media, but actually making a difference and making these companies respond a big victory. It was color of change that had started campaigning early on for Donald Trump's no good behind to come off of social media. And so that was a victory won by Color of Change. There may have been others involved, too, but Color of Change was saying it before anybody else was. And so they've been holding Facebook's feet to the fire. Speaking of which, uh, I know that was a victory, but, but what's the status of the relationship with Facebook now? I mean, I know there's still a lot more for them to do.
1: Yeah, we're still in deep conversation. They have a lot of work to do um you know luckily because of the amazing um election work that so many black organizers have led across this country we're in a different political dynamic uh and which facebook we hope has to act differently than they did um when there was republican control um but there's um tons of work that they still need to do um and part of it starts with taking responsibility um for their role and where this country is at right now, um and uh, they they sort of still want to deny responsibility while getting a lot of credit for making very small changes,
2: yeah, yeah, one pan on the back mm-hmm. you think does Facebook need to be broken up?
1: Yes, Facebook needs to be regulated, um Facebook cannot police itself um and it's you know too big,
2: certainly, all these companies are
1: yeah the public. We-
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right, no question about it. Aricia Hatch, uh our sister um uh working hard on behalf of uh Color of Change. She is uh the vice president uh as well uh as the chief of campaign. So she's doing a lot of that work in the midst of a pandemic. Uh we wish her well and her and her family, especially please keep them in your prayers. Um Arisha, we thank you as always. And um Anything we'd ever help you to promote what color change doing on or off the air. Sister, I'm ready. Just give me an assignment, okay?
1: Hey, I appreciate you.
2: <laughs> all right, folks. So reach your hands, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for getting woke and listening to Make It Plain. Please remember to listen, like, subscribe. And wherever you get your podcasts, please give the show a five-star rating. And please do spread the word. Let's all continue to pray for each other during this pandemic and this police-demic. If all hearts and minds are clear, it has been made plain.